Presenting by Almost Sideways. Just when they think they got the answers, I change the questions. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Are you chewing gum? Hey everybody, this is Adam of Daily Notes, presented by Almost Sideways. You know, we had a very special episode, we have a special guest I'm having a sit-down conversation with, and I got a, a movie review of a film that is turning 10 years old on December 17th. So, all that is going to be in this episode today, and I hope you guys are having a great uh, holiday season so far. The countdown to the big day, New Year's, is right around the corner. So I hope everybody's having being safe out there and enjoying their time with their family as best they can anyway. Hey everybody, welcome back to Almost Sideways. My name is Adam and this is a place for movie conversations. We also have a podcast streaming on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Pandora. The links are in the description box of this episode. Make sure you check us out there as well. But one of the biggest movies that came out streaming this last weekend was Wonder Woman 1984. I wasn't really planning on doing a review for this film because I knew I was going to be a couple of days late. However, I just kind of want to talk about my overall feelings about the movie. I know that on what they call film Twitter, uh, is this movie's kind of getting bashed both ways. A lot of people do like the film, and the people who don't like it are... T- might be attacking the people that do and vice versa. However, you know, I posted my little quick synopsis of the film after I watched it with my family on Christmas Day, like a lot of people did. And I didn't really get a whole lot of feedback on mine because I didn't use the the WW84 hashtag. But I wanted to share my thoughts about the film. And if you guys haven't, you don't know what the movie is about. The movie is directed by Patty Jenkins. It's the ninth film in the DCEU, which is the DC Expanded Universe of films. We had two films come out this year, with one of them being Birds of Prey, and now we have Wonder Woman 84. It stars Gal Gadot as Diana Prince, a.k.a. Wonder Woman. Steve Trevor returns in this one, or Chris Pine, better known as Chris Pine. Pedro Pascal... Have a year, why don't you? He comes in as kind of the main villain here. And we have Kristen Wiig playing uh, Deborah, or you might know her as Cheetah. And this movie is kind of a straightforward film. It's it, it reminded me a lot of a slasher film, or not a slasher film, but a horror film that I'll talk about in a second. But it's basically they find this mysterious stone that can grant wishes, and it's a bunch of uh, wish granting um, comes about of this film. and. Of course, Wonder Woman has to restore balance into the the world. And if you knew anything about me, if you followed me on Letterbox at Adam Daily Live, you would know that the first Wonder Woman film was my favorite DCEU film. There's flaws in that film if you kind of nitpick a little bit, but my overall enjoyment was really high for that film. And so I went with this one with a lot of anticipation, anticipation and excitement, of course. And being on Christmas Day and being announced on streaming, I was a little disappointed that I couldn't go see it in theaters. But, you know, this year of the pandemic, a lot of that stuff was going to happen. A lot of films did drop to streaming. And it's been fun to watch these movies on our home theater systems and having a 
ability to play 4K on my, at my house and having a good, a good sound bar to go along with it, it did help the experience and made a very fun watching and viewing experience. However, as I was watching the movie, I couldn't help find myself being a little bit disappointed with the overall product that we were given. I thought that Gal Gadot reprised her well, her role very well. I do enjoy her casting. I think she is a good actress, especially as Diana Prince. And I do enjoy her in the Fast and the Furious franchise as well. But in our villains in this film, Pedro Pascal and as Max Lord and you know Kirsten Wig as Deborah, I thought both of those characters were really fascinating. I don't think we necessarily got to understand and come to grips with their personalities as much as I would want them the film to go into, especially with a running length at two and a half hours. Wanted to see a little bit more of them. I thought they were really good. Pedro Pascal again is having a fantastic year. He had two movies come out on Christmas Day, Wonder Woman and We Are or I think this Netflix film was directed by Robert Rodriguez called We um, We Are Heroes. Uh, and of course the Mandalorian. He had a fantastic year. Kristen Wig, I was always intrigued by her playing Cheetah because Cheetah is one of Diana Prince's on an arch nemesis, kind of her joker, if you will. And I, I enjoyed her performance. I thought she did a really good job here. And Steve Trevor is returns, and I didn't know exactly how they would do his return. And it, it might have been kind of weird overall because he takes out control of another person's body, and there is you know, some kissing involved with this other person's body that with Steve Trevor's face on it uh, that might come into question about uh, – some, some maybe some a deeper conversation about uh, maybe Me Too stuff because that guy wasn't in control of his body. Did he really want to be kissed? Who, who? These are questions on a different kind of level of just a film. But anyway, as I watch the film, I have two rules of thought here. I really do have fun with the movie. I think some of the action set pieces are really done well. I love the, the tank sequence. I thought that was a lot of fun. And I enjoy that, that kind of action here. And I also I kind of liked the ending fight sequence with Cheetah. I thought it was a little over-edited and a little dark too. But again, these big final battles in Wonder Woman have been known to be dark and over-edited and have a, some heavy CGI. And I don't think Kristen Wiig necessarily was on set for this action set pieces, but there were some really cool, brutal moves that they were able to land in this film. Another thing I really liked, I said Pedro Pascal, I liked Max Lord, how he was able to grant wishes. That The possibility of that is always intriguing. And it definitely reminded me of the, um, the 90s, sla um, not slasher, but horror film called Wishmasters, so four, like four films about uh, a person that grants wishes but twists the words and kind of makes it a horror film. And I enjoyed that. It kind of made me want to rewatch those movies again and uh, just have some fun with some really cool deaths. So it kind of reminded me of that a little bit, and I, I got a kick out of it. The guy said Gal enjoyed it a lot. Some things I didn't really like about it, I thought it was just a little too long, to be honest with you. I thought there was some stuff in there that kind of didn't need to be in it, and I – even though I enjoyed some of the fish out of the water stuff, I think that, you know, Steve Trevor being in the movie, it, it makes sense for Diana, but does it make sense for the movie? I, I, I'm not quite hundred percent sure there. I, I, I enjoyed, like I said, Chris Pine being the fish out of water, being in a whole new decade and exploring this new world 
fascinating stuff. However, one of the comic book storylines I would have been intrigued by is how he goes through Dante's Inferno, the seven stages of or seven levels of hell. We've been interested to find that out. And I, I kind of thought that the film was a little bit cheesy at times. However, I thought that was a really good post on Twitter. I saw I can't remember, can't recall who posted it, but we expect cheesy lines from a Spider-Man movie. But because it's Wonder Woman, it can't be cheesy, the dialogue. And it kind of made me think about that. And originally, I didn't really like the movie as much as I did. However, I have moved up my grade, not, not terribly high, higher. I was originally at a two stars out of four. I wanted one of two and a half. I don't necessarily think the overall product on first viewing is necessarily a good movie. There are some good possibilities that they could build on, and there are some good things I really did like about it. But overall, I was just kind of really disappointed by the final product. I think this movie can move up in an overall rating and also in the overall ranking of the DCEU films. I, From now, I'm going 2.5, and I think it's kind of a middle-of-the-road DCEU film. I still liked a lot of performances from here. I liked some of these, the directions they took over long for me. A little too cheesy, but that's kind of, unfortunately, a thing I have to try to just accept because, you know, Spider-Man, it's okay for Spider-Man and Deadpool at times, but not a Wonder Woman movie. Why am I holding this franchise to such a high, you know what I mean, a different standard than other comic book movies? That's questions I have to find out for myself. But it makes me want to rewatch the movie, and I think that's something that does, that Patty Jenkins did a really good job of. It makes you want to rewatch the movie. It gets people talking. Granted, it might be a lot of hate for it, a lot of positivity for the film, but I don't think the film is shallow. I think the movie has some interesting things to say about you know what we wish for, what we want in life, and kind of a, kind of a personal desire for our growth too. Some interesting things, and I do I do like it. And the best part is, I was able to watch this at home. Wanted to see it in the theater, but my family and I. Woke up early on Christmas morning so we can watch Wonder Woman. And that's a pretty cool statement to say. So without further ado, let's jump into today's movie review. And this is a film that came out in 2010. And it's called Tron Legacy. Now this is going to be a clip of a review from when I was doing YouTube a while back. So some of the audio might sound a little different, but nonetheless, it's still, I think it's still a solid review. So I'm going to go with it. <laughs> anyway, and the interview, by the way, as well, is going to be with another YouTube creator. Her name is Ashley Brunel, or aka The Movie Oracle. So really had a fun time talking movies with her. So enjoy the, today's conversations, guys. And, you know, I was going through my Blu-ray collection and kind of seeing some movies I hadn't seen recently. And I came across a film from 2010 called Tron Legacy. Now, I haven't seen this film, but it does have Jeff Bridges, Garrett Hudlin, and Olivia Wilde. Michael Sheen makes an appearance in this film as well. So I popped it into the Blu-ray player uh, this last week, and we watched it. And this is what I thought about the film. And we're starting right now. Hey guys, again, my name is Adam and I love to talk about movies and all things entertainment so if you like that kind of stuff, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get down in the comments section and join the conversation about what you felt about Tron Legacy from 2010. Now this film was directed by Joseph Kaczynski, the same director who brought us Only the Brave and Oblivion and those are some pretty decent films as well so I didn't really know the director going into this film, that this is who, what he, who, who the director is, but knowing that now I think it's a 
pretty solid uh, filmography of films. My overall thoughts about this the story in this film was it's it's pretty decent. It has some really good visuals in there. I like neon lighting, and this has a lot of neon lights. But if you're unfamiliar with the plot, it's pretty basic. You know, Garrett Hedlund's character has been missing his father for a very long time. His father disappeared when he was a kid, and his father's a, a maker of like this a big video game type of world and definitely into technology as well. Garrett Hedlund's a very smart kid. It kind of follows some clues after something has come of awry when he's later on in his life, like around the 20s or about, he's about 20 years old when this film takes place. And he goes into this world of Tron and inside that world old version of Jeff Bridges, the kind of like this computer version, is kind of taking over that and trying to come back out into the real world as well. And Garrett Hedlund and his father, and along with Olivia Wilde's character, they're trying to get back and shut the program down before it's too late. Now, with that said, guys, let's talk about the good things I liked about this film. I think that Jeff Bridges, you know, Jeff Bridges playing Jeff Bridges, there comes to a point where after the Big Lebowski, he's just playing the same exact character, and that's exactly what you get. But if you love that kind of version with Jeff Bridges, which I tend to do, you can enjoy his performance in here as well. I think Garrett Hedlund is not the, the greatest actor of all, but I think he does a decent job for this uh, this this film, I guess, and for a story that I've I never watched the original Tron, but it was pretty easy to follow. I do like the world and the concept and the art direction that this world does provide. I think the sound is really well. If I remember correctly, this was nominated for Best Sound Editing. I think that stuff's really well done in this. Again, like the visuals are fantastic. I like the visual effects for the most part. However, the younger Jeff Bridges, the technology wasn't quite there yet. I think if I was watching this back in 2010, I think I would have really thought that was amazing looking. Like, wow, they were able to capture him so young looking. That is fantastic visuals. However, looking out with a nine-year-old lens, it definitely falls pretty flat for the visual side of it. My favorite character in this movie is simple. It's Olivia Wilde. I'm a very big fan of this actress. I think she is a gorgeous. In this one, she definitely is a kick-ass person that is helping these two characters uh get out of this world and also get herself out as well. I really like Olivia Wilde. Usually everything that she does, I'm pretty on board with. And for the most part, I really love this. I like this film as well. For me, for the negatives, however, is again, those visual effects are at times dated. They are very dated. However, the world that Joseph Kaczynski does make kind of makes up for it just a tiny, tiny bit for me one of my favorite sequences in this movie was and it was a big standout was that the grid sequence when they were doing these bikes and hit the, the bad team trying to de destroy these these um, programs as well I thought that scene was visually stunning I think they really put all their money and budget into that sequence because it turned out fantastic but going into the, from that let's go into some of my negatives however I think the visuals do at times are hindered by the year that the film was made nine years ago the you know, if this movie was made now, the visuals were, would be fantastic. Cause that's just how technology works. By 2010, it's definitely considered dated now. The Jeff Bridges character is very kind of hauntingly bad at times. And also the story isn't too... It, it's not really complex. It's pretty rather simple. It's something we've seen countless number of times. And as a person who hasn't seen the original Tron, which I, it makes me want to watch that film... I don't feel like they really built upon anything that I've heard from the original Tron. Really cool concept in here somewhere. I don't think it's executed the best that it possibly could be. 
It's, it's a very kind of a shallow kind of story in a way. And also Garrett Hedlund, like he's decent lead in this film, but he's not the most charismatic guy. He looks kind of like Jeff Bridges, but he's not a really charismatic lead that I want to. I was more drawn to characters like Olivia Wilde and Jeff Bridges' character in this film. And overall, my thoughts of Tron Legacy is some, it's something that it's enjoyable to watch on like a Saturday Saturday afternoon when there's nothing else to watch. I would definitely pop this one in again. Um, but overall, it's not something I'm going to remember all too well after watching it. I got this movie for free from a friend, so that's why it's in my collection. My wife really liked it a lot more than I did. My overall takes and opinions on this film is I think Joseph Kaczynski does do a good job directing this film. I thought all the shots were pretty well done, and the visuals and the concept and the art direction suck me into this world, and I feel like I'm in there and I want to explore it. However, having an uncharismatic lead in Garrett Hedlund does take it down a notch. It's not really engaging to me. I'm more attracted to characters like Olivia Wilde and even Michael Sheen when he shows up. Those kind of quirky type of characters that makes this world kind of interesting and unique to me. It does make me want to watch the original Tron from like, I believe the 80s, I think. Uh, but other than that, though, it's a story that we have seen done before and it's something that I'm not going to re-watch a whole lot, even though I do own it. So it's definitely worth a watch, at least one watch for sure. So if you haven't seen Tron Legacy, I think it's something, if you're intrigued by the idea and you want to go to Disneyland because they're making a Disneyland uh, Tron ride in Disney World, definitely check it out because I think it's something good to kind of explore that. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing an, another version of Tron, maybe like a complete remake of the franchise to get those visuals because I think this movie is due for a remake because the visuals would actually benefit uh, the film in many ways but overall guys that's my quick thoughts on Tron Legacy I thought it was pretty decent watch it wasn't something that uh, blew me away but I thought the visuals were really good and I love neon so it's a win for me, I guess, in a way. Anyway, guys, that's my thoughts on Tron Legacy. What did you guys think? Let me know in the comment section down below. If you guys love movies, entertainment stuff, and live shows, make sure you hit that subscribe button for more stuff like that. And again, thank you guys so much for watching. I really do appreciate every single one of you. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next time. This is Ashley the Movie Oracle. How you doing? Hi! I'm good, thanks. Uh, where can we find you on YouTube and social media? I am the Movie Oracle on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr, which I don't really use that often, but I am there, so. <laughs> there we go. Well, we're, what's funny is before we started this, you, you said that your your cord for your mic went out. Well, my wireless mouse just went like hectic. So I'm like trying to do my like this, <laughs> this thumb pad and I'm like horrible at that. I'm like going super slow and I'm like, ah, but anyway, technology. I don't know. I don't know why. It's like, it's, I feel like we're already getting to Matrix point or Terminator point because I think technology knows what it's doing because it always manages to crap out right when you need it. Like it does it on purpose. Yeah, I know. I'm like this mouse isn't like this is this is my wireless mouse, but it's not like it's 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 brand new. I just got it yesterday, but hey, whatever. I guess whatever. It wasn't meant to be today. <laughs> Rise of the wireless mouses. Yeah, I know, right? You think they're convenient, <laughs> but they're not. They they're tricky. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so we've known. I think we've known each other for a couple years. You know, it's Twitter and watching videos and stuff like that. We've never actually had, had been on camera together so it's it's awesome for you to uh, be here and join me today i guess the first question really is is you know you're a content creator on youtube who focuses on movies and tvs what kind of got you into wanting to talk about that on uh, the internet 
Um, I practically grew up in video stores. My brother, I think, started working in a video store at the age of 14 or 16. And so I basically spent all my time in the video store and, you know, you know, walking up and like, these are all the videos I want. And, you know, at first he was like, um, yeah, I'm not renting those for you. I'm like, why not? He says, I'm not putting Barney movies on my account. That's not happening. <laughs> and I'm like, but I really want them. And he's like, fine, you can have two. It's like, but you got to go get something else. I'm like, can I get the horror movies? No, you cannot. Damn it. So I just grew up surrounded by movies. My brother's room was basically a movie library in itself with his numerous shelves filled with VHS tapes and his walls surrounded by movie posters. And I mean, like he took care of them, like he had them put professionally on wooden backboards so they would never bend or break or any of that crap. So... I was always around movies, so I always loved movies and I was always talking about movies to the point that as I was getting older, uh, anytime people were like, I'm having a slumber party, what movies should I watch? I'm like, okie dokie, here's a list for you, go have fun. I became like the movie expert to everybody even in school, even though like I wasn't popular and I barely had any friends, but if the subject of movies came up, suddenly people wanted to talk to me. Like, um, that knows movies. Let's go to that one girl that she knows movies. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> exactly how it was. And then I would kind of, when social media came along, you know, I'd watch a movie or a show and then I'd, post about it on Facebook and I guess to other I didn't see I just saw myself as like talking about it and people like you know you kind of like post reviews I'm like is that what I'm doing it's like I just thought I was bitching about Jezebel or whatever but okay and then I had a friend who lives in Texas and he said you should do reviews for movies on YouTube like (laughs) no thank you I'm, I'm good where I am and he's like, no, you're good at talking about this stuff and you know what you're talking about. And he even said, he's like, he's like, you know, you're like the movie oracle. He's like, because you kind of know everything. And I'm just like, ah, okay. And then I'm, that's basically I eventually uh, summoned the guts to do it. And the first thing I did was um, I love TV shows about the supernatural and, and witches specifically with Charm being my favorite. So I just went okay, I'm going to do a video counting down uh, TV shows all about witches. And I spent a couple months working on that before I felt confident jumping in front of a camera. And that was the first thing I ever did. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I can do this. But it wasn't like another year until I felt really comfortable in front of a camera. And now I really just don't give a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. I was actually going to ask you about the, 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 how you got your name, but that kind of, that, opening into that gateway of the movie, the gateway drugs of movies and TV, TV <laughs> kind of really got mm-hmm. you into that. That's awesome. That's pretty cool how it worked out. What Your brother worked at a, a video store. Was Is this like a kind of a mom and pop shop or was this like a, I don't, I'm not sure how it is in Australia. Is there a block, but was there blockbusters or Hollywood video? Not Hollywood. Well, video, what kind of video stores were there down there? We, uh, we did have a blockbuster. There might still be a couple left. I was just, uh, out in kind of like the country part of Australia in the weekend. And we drove past this small town and my brother's like, Oh, look, a video store. I'm like, they still have them out here. Like, 
I'm like, we need to leave the, leave the metrop metropolis area. Like, no, Metropolitan's bad. No, we need to go <laughs> back into the country. They still got video stores. Um, but no, he worked at, I'm pretty sure it was an Australian video store chain called okay. Video Busters, had its own jingle and everything. And yeah, he worked there. So I basically grew up in Video Busters because it was literally right down the road from my house. So you could like walk there. <laughs> Nice. Well, I know I, if you follow, if anybody follows you on Instagram or even Facebook or Twitter, or, they know you, you know jingles. Can you know the Video Busters jingle by heart? And are you willing to share that? Uh, oh my on, god! A, a video. I can like like I, I can hear it in my head, but I don't remember That's the, the exact words. <laughs> but there was something like, uh, like nothing on TV tonight. Video busters, it's all right, like something like that. Like, like that. Okay, that's perfect. That's awesome. Uh, when you go into these video stores, was there a specific movie that you would always go back to, or what you were just like, I'm just going to try one of everything eventually, or was, it, was there a movie that you always kept on wanting to rent multiple times? Um, well, no, I didn't really have to rent the same stuff over and over again too mm -hmm. often because I would just go to my brother's room for that. Well, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I've spent a lot of time, like, trying to secretly look at all the horror movie covers because they were, like, the forbidden films for me. And I'm like, yeah. they look so cool and I want them. Um, but you know, even as I was getting older, I still loved going into the kitty section. I'm like, what kids film can I get today? Yeah, exactly. I, I, still love, I still love kitty films. It was like the two sides of my personality. You're either going to find me in the kids section or the horror section. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I remember, um, growing up, we had a Hollywood video because I grew up in um, Anaheim, California, which is about like 15 minutes, about an hour, 15 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. and, uh, we used to go to Hollywood video all the time. I remember this one time on Halloween, we went and did a double feature, my mom and I, and we did alien three and starship troopers. That was, that was <laughs> a double feature. And I, I got scared because I was what, I don't know how old I was. It's like 1997. So I was about eight years old or something like that, but it was a good double feature. And I rewatched alien three you know, as you do. And I'm like, this was not as good as uh, it was when I was a kid. It's kind of funny. how <laughs> That was the scariest movie ever <laughs> growing up. I uh, find a lot of movies scary as a child. I think, oddly enough, I think a lot of the films I watched that ended up being like kind of in the horror fantasy genre. Mm -hmm. um, as a child, I honest to God thought, the reason why I needed to hide the fact I was watching them was because I was watching porn. I actually believed that they were porn. So oh, wow. I I was wrong though. Except Showgirls, I was kind of right there, but. <laughs> That's a funny movie you bring up because we have a guy on our podcast too that he always brings up the fact that uh, this one uh, foreign director always would say the best movie of the nineties is Showgirls, and like that's like this, the 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 fun fact that he always pulls out. So I'm always curious about watching Showgirls. I might watch it one day. I know how it's not good, but it's funny that you I bring love that film. Oh, okay, okay. That I didn't mean. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I was just I was going off the consensus. Maybe I don't know. I know that there are a lot of people who hate it. Fortunately, I know a few people who do. It is quite the cult classic now. I think that there's something so meta about it. And um, if you kind of 
look past the nudity and the stripping and all that stuff there's actually stuff that's very empowering in how it very carefully tries to depict its okay. women and kind of their storylines um mm -hmm. yeah you just got to look over the naked part <laughs> yeah that makes sense that's gets kind of interesting way to kind of look at things and that's uh that's that's pretty awesome I, again it's one of those movies that I haven't never seen before, but I've been doing segments on here now. First time watches. So I'm trying to catch up on some like these big, bigger movies that are kind of glaring omissions of my, that might be one I have to put on the, my list of do sooner rather than later. Um, anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, I lost track of my question. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's always, it's I'm always not going good. anywhere. It's all good. All right. Um, so growing up, you you know there was two movies that you said you were going for Barney and the horror. What what made you kind of go towards the horror genre? Uh, I don't know. Like the closest things that I watched to horror as a kid, um, it's not horror. It's black comedy. But that mm. was um, Death Becomes Her. But that I think was kind of like my introduction film to mm -hmm. kind of the, the dark and macabre and I found them fascinating and to, to a degree they're, they're very well not to a degree they're very cathartic you know mm -hmm. because you watch them and you're addressing you know either things that are very bad in the very real world or you're just dealing with things that are irrational slash rational fears that we have mm -hmm. And you get to kind of confront them in this safe environment because a film ultimately is not going to hurt you. Guaranteed, there are some children who are going to watch something like Pennywise the Clown and are going to forever be terrified of clowns. <laughs> um, I was not one of those. I could watch things as a kid and they would only scare me if they uh, attributed to something that I was already scared of. Mm. But outside of that, I never had a film where I'm like, that film traumatized me for life. No, I was fine. No, yes. Yeah, you're thinking, saying like uh, the ocean has always been something that's kind of like, I don't like to go swim in the ocean. And maybe, and it also can, goes back to like Jaws being like, don't like that. But then also watching Jaws and like, definitely not doing that uh, unless I pay like, <laughs> big money to go to like a tropical location. I'm like, well, I got to do it. Whatever. <laughs> There's worse ways to go. Anyway, yeah. um, was there anything like that, that when you're watching a film, was there anything that kind of related back to like, oh, I'm already scared of this, but this kind of just added on to it. Like the feel like of clowns or anything like that. Yeah. Darkness Falls, uh, which is an Australian American horror film. <laughs> and it's about the tooth fairy, but it's more of um, like she's meant to have been a real person and she died and she comes back and she kind of does the same thing she did in real life, which is you lose a tooth, she gives you money. But the difference is if you see her, she will kill you. Um, mm. But it was the fact that the uh, she can only get you in the dark. As long as you're in the light, you're fine. So this film really played on the fact that I was terrified of the dark and I still to a degree Am. like if i'm in a like if i go to the kitchen in the middle of the night i have to turn on all the lights because suddenly i feel like there's something behind me and yeah. i'm just like oh no 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 not okay not okay okay light switch okay we're good okay i'm okay i'm okay no no fairies are coming after me um uh but yeah that and i don't really know where it came from but i've just kind of always found faces without emotional expressions quite terrifying mm. so the fact that 
the tooth fairy in this also wears this porcelain mask, which means she has no facial expressions. So add that to In the Dark, and I'm like, well, great. This is a traumatizing <laughs> film, but um, the more I watched it as I got older, I'm like, oh, it's not so bad. But as a kid, I was like, <laughs> yeah, no. Nice. Was that was that on your uh, top ten movie mask horror masks list? Is that okay? Yeah, okay, okay. Because I like that movie sounds familiar, but I'm not thinking that. And you said mask, like that's where I've heard it from. But yeah, you uh, you you like really you're into horror movies quite a bit, and obviously October just passed, and you went on like this huge horror spree. How did, did. that go for you? And are uh, obviously you're still here, not. Completely insane yet, but <laughs> that's debatable. That's debatable. I, I, that, I wanted you to say that, not me. Okay. <laughs> oh, thanks. I've got, to, I've got to admit to my own problems. Yes, that's that's AA one hundred and one. I honestly it did not go great, and I am extremely disappointed in myself. Oh, I, yeah, no. I did not uh, beat my record from last year. I I started a little late, eh, 24 hours late, and then I kind of kept getting distracted. And my mom um, at the time was uh, just recovering from her second knee replacement surgery. So I did have to keep stopping to go and look after her. So that killed a lot of time. And then I was a guest on a couple of podcasts, so that <laughs> killed some time. And then I had to try and record a couple of my recap videos and I gave up after two or three because that would kill like an entire day. Yeah. So I only ended up watching 188 films in 31 days um, instead of 206, which I was meant to hit. Only 188. So you say that like, oh God, I hardly got into anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like that's like quite a bit. I know you always post stuff on like on Twitter and stuff like that with like little brief ratings and stuff. Like, man, I haven't even heard of this movie before. What? Do you, how do you come up with like finding this many movies to go after? Sometimes uh, I will see another person post a, a horror film, whether it be the poster or they'll have watched it and they'll post the DVD or whatever. It's like a uh, hashtag now watching, oh, yeah. and I'm just like. Hmm. This poster looks interesting. I shall add it to my list. But mostly my number one thing is I look up the over 100,000 movie list of horror films on IMDb mm. and I just scroll through every single one. Guaranteed, I don't think I've got past 3,000 pages yet, so I've still got plenty of films to choose from. But, yeah, I would go through there and if uh, a a poster looked interesting. I'm like, I'm intrigued. I'll throw you down. If a synopsis sounds interesting, I'll throw it down. Or sometimes the synopsis sounds absolutely ridiculous. And I'm like, I definitely have to watch this. So yeah, yeah just keep going and then write everything down. And then I have to go and alphabetize it because I'm that neurotic. <laughs> you got to watch it in order by alphabet. So that's good. I like it. Uh, what was like the highlight of this experience? Uh, what was like the few couple movies that you were like, it was worth it for those ones? I don't know. <laughs> this year was kind of pretty crappy, to be honest. <laughs> um, uh, a film that I came across was The Postcard Killings. That oh, one. I wanted to see that, yeah. 
that one I actually uh, really enjoyed because it's the it's that one's not horror. It's more psychological thriller, mm. but it's the first uh film that i'd seen in a while dealing with the subject of like serial killers where it looked like they really took their time with uh es establishing you know modus operandi and the psychology of the killers and mm. that part i find very interesting whereas a lot of times like here's a killer and they're killing people the end i'm like oh that's yeah. boring but thank you um <laughs> And I finally got to watch um, Halloween 2018 and I realized why everybody was praising it because it was freaking awesome. Yeah, it was. It's a great film. I love it a lot. It's a good one. The, um, i trying to think. The, so you're putting all this content out on for all those films, our best you can, all these different lists. Mm -hmm. uh, when we're going back to when you first started, when you're going with your favorite TV witches, you're, so you're bringing up like shows like Charmed. What got you into Charmed to be such a, a mega fan of it? Because I have no idea anything about this show other than there's. Uh, oh, well, I'm ending this podcast right now. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I want to talk to you. Charmed. I'm kidding. I know. I know. Um, I just remember 1998, this trailer for this TV show. It just felt and looked and sounded so magical that it kind of immediately captured my attention. I'm like, I have to watch this. And I did, and I never stopped. And then I think it wasn't until season two or three I started recording every episode and keeping every episode. And then uh, by the time season three or four came along, uh, we had cable TV and one of the stations had Charmed and they started from the very beginning and then they started marathoning them. I'm like... Oh my god! I can finally record the entire first season. This is amazing, um, and I was just hooked on it ever since because it wasn't just that there was magic and everything, but there were real stories that were because that was their focus. They focused on family first, the human storylines, and then the magic kind of echoed what was going on in their human lives. And but the magic I thought was great and. That the pilot episode, anytime someone asks me what's my favorite episode, I'm like, the first episode will always be my favorite because it's just the way it opened. Like, it wasn't anything special. It kind of just opened showing a full moon and there was just this very enchanting sounding score that was playing and I'm just like, and I'm hooked. Okay, I have not seen any people. Nobody has spoken, but I am officially addicted to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's that's awesome. It's, it's crazy that you just can do that with a show, like just from like the opening thing. But it's for the power of, power of like music and some themes and stuff like that too. So it's awesome. But as as the show goes along, does it get even? Well, I think it gets, does it get better and better as it goes along. For people who might not know, it's not without its flaws. I'm I'm yeah. one of those people who I can be a fan of something, but I can still criticize when it does something wrong yeah um season one is still my favorite because that's like the core of what it was and season two is is good after season two the creator of the show left the show due to um creative differences and uh things did start to 
go a little in a bit of a different direction. And um, yeah, then by season uh, season six or season seven, uh, the show started um, dealing with uh, severe budget cuts, which really affected the storylines. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't that big a fan of season six. Um, season seven had minor improvements, but there were still things in there I didn't like. Season eight, in in my humble opinion, was the worst season, and it was its last season. So kind of like Game of Thrones, you know, start on a high, end on a low, you know, that kind of deal. Yeah, it's great, great, great uh, memory to relive there. As <laughs> a huge fan of Game of Thrones, man. It's just that... Unfortunate, unfortunate, how fastly yeah. rushed that season was, and then they the guy can who, understand my pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they anyway, we won't talk about Game of Thrones as so 2019. <laughs> uh, it's crazy though when you get like the you say like the first season's like the best. Like one other one show that I could think that the first season's like absolutely fantastic, some of the best television I can I, I've ever watched. And then mm -hmm. it just completely goes downhill. It's like the TV show Heroes. I'm not sure if you remember that show. I do. Yeah, that first season was great. And then the writer's strike happened. And then, mm. like, like what actually happened? <laughs> like, they, they just, like, just completely went off the rails for me. And it's just like, I, I've watched the season, like, all four seasons at least twice through. And it's like, why did I just do that again? Like, <laughs> I should just watch the first season and just, like, completely stop watching it. That's yeah, cool. I feel I feel it with a, a lot of shows that guaranteed that there are shows where it's like I love this show in its entirety. It's like, but I will still think that the first season is the superior season because it feels like that's the season where it's most the most organic. Mm. Like they know what they want to do and they set out to do it, and then afterwards, you know, sometimes they forget where they started. They go off yeah. in different directions, and and then you start to see like continuity issues and things like that. Like for me with um, Buffy, I love the first two seasons. It's mm -hmm. as soon as she heads off to college where I'm just like, and eh, you kind of lost me. I, I mean, I don't say that, oh, I hated it after that. It's yeah. just I did not love the show or the character the same after that. And the same was true of the spinoff Angel. The first couple of seasons were my favourite um, and then – uh, they also went in some crazy directions and then it just abruptly ended. Uh, it ended with five seasons. And the funny thing is, is that Joss Whedon was the last one to find out. <laughs> ah, nice. Like if, apparently it had been announced to everybody. It had already been made public information, but Joss Whedon hadn't been told that his show had been canceled. Um, and because they didn't know that um, the show never had a proper ending. It it ended in this big battle, oh, wow. but it had established like these uh, these like demonic organizations, and there was like this conspiracy thing. And there's like world domination, and then it's like, oh, we're going to like totally eradicate all these people, and like pretty much the last scene is just like. Um, you know, kind of like Lord of the Rings, you know, like ogres and soldiers kind of merging together, like this kind of moment, and then fades to black. And wow. because they were planning to kind of sort that all out in season six, and then it's like, oh, no, you got cancelled. It's like, what? Oh. Wow, that's, Thanks. that's heartbreaking. <laughs> that sounded fantastic. 
yeah they did this they did the same thing with um dark angel as well which was how i first uh fell in love with jessica alba i love that tv show so much and they had started establishing all this stuff which was explaining like why her character even exists and they're like yep we plan to flesh this all out in the third season they're like oh by the way you're cancelled it's like well great now we don't have any questions answers to anything that happened in season two thank you very much <laughs> it's kind of like that scene after uh, in the movie burn after reading it's like so did we learn anything nope uh, well, just save it on the back burner. We'll uh, come back to it later. <laughs> Something like that. We'll come back to it later. All right. Yeah. So TV shows for me, I, I like TV, but I've always been like kind of a movie person. My wife and I, my wife's more of a TV fan. So if we're choosing something, like we'll kind of alternate back and forth and we'll binge series. But like a lot of the shows that you're mentioning, I've never actually seen before. So shame on me. But it, but if they sound like those sound really interesting. It's just a bummer that the studio either meddled or creative differences and or into the show when it, there was an interesting point there where they were trying to go. Was there something that's been like really when you're watching these shows, is that something that just like really just like drives you crazy at times? Yeah. Cliffhangers are my number one pet peeve when it comes to TV shows. Like it's, it's totally fine if it ends on a cliffhanger and then they are going to and do get to address it in the next season. But if a cliffhanger almost always happens because the people creating the show don't know their show is about to get cancelled. Yeah. And it's like if you know for a fact you're getting another season, I say go for it with the cliffhanger. Yeah. But if you're living in we don't know until the season's over, if we're getting one, don't write cliffhangers. Address everything now. You may not get another opportunity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because so many shows that I've loved have been absolutely destroyed thanks to a cliffhanger. Um, you know, Marvel's Agent Carter is one of them that should oh, never yeah. have been cancelled. It for me is was my favorite Marvel spin-off TV series. Yeah. Um Peggy Carter was just amazing. And yay! She ended on a cliffhanger and then got cancelled. So thanks. <sighs> And yeah, that's the word. And then also they do that for movies all the time, especially with these big franchises. Like, we're going to make several more. No, you're not. No, it's not. It's not like uh, like Hellboy, like the latest Hellboy version. That's not going to get a sequel. Or that's the I one I can't. That's the one I go to. There's so many other movies that like that try to set up bigger universes, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, the Mummy, the, the Tom Cruise Mummy film. They had this like they, they announced we're going to make this big giant dark universe at one film. You, you cancel. You can't you cancel. It's, if you're going to establish a universe like that, make sure your first film is good. Yeah, exactly. That, the funny uh, that film went to it opening night, as you do for as a YouTuber to try to get that mm -hmm. review out as fast as you can. Sure, uh, sure. I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm hearing like some weird background noise. I look back. There's a guy snoring by like three rows back. I was like, Oh god, this is gonna be one of these nights, huh? I'm like, I don't blame the guy. He probably enjoyed the movie more than I did. For sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't. Uh, I know that there are some people who, when they go into uh, a movie theater, will actually take a notepad and write notes for the purpose of reviewing. I don't do that. I kind of just kind of keep a dialogue in my head and try to remember that later on. But I don't. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't stop to write anything down because then I'm not paying attention to the film. 
but uh, with the mummy, so many things were happening that I hated that I grabbed a pen out of my bag and just started writing on my arm and hand. I'm like, and there's this, and oh, and then they just did that. I must definitely bitch about that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm running out of skin. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. And then I'm trying to remember it later on. I'm pretty sure when I finished writing my review, I'm like, damn it, and I forgot to say that, that, and that. Bugger. But, yeah. That's the that's the frustrating part after you're editing. I'm like, man, I should say that. Should I go back? Yeah, the the my goodness, that the mummy. You just like you're in the theater and you come out with a full arm tattoo. It's like, what the heck happened in, in there? That, that movie is kind of just all over the place. I hated that they did a callback to Brendan Fraser's mummy movies. Too. It's like 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 this one oh. part of me where I was like, yay, I like seeing those books again. But then I'm like, but that is so confusing. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. They're trying to yeah. They were trying to backdoor uh, the Brendan Fraser mummies into this universe. After it's like that wasn't in your intention at all. Don't don't be doing that. <laughs> yeah, I. It's sad. There there have been films that um, I know that the masses dislike, so I understand why they failed. But I personally really liked them. So I was really upset when they didn't get the sequels that they had intended. Like when they um, adapted the uh, Aragon books or oh, yeah. the um, I Am number four. I actually really liked I wanted liked to see that. I liked it too. Yeah, I really liked the film. Um, I'd never actually read the book. So I'm, I'm pretty sure there were some book fans who were like, no, that's not what happened. But I'm like, that's every book adaption really yeah, exactly. um but i really liked both of those films so i was really excited to see what was going to happen in the sequels because again they leave very open-ended like we're yeah. going to do more in the next one and then they're like oh well these films tanked so we're not doing another one I'm like god damn it it's always the ones i like it's always how it happens I, I actually a fun story. My uh, my dad actually uh, for my one well, my birthday he, he always go out for to go see a movie on my birthday and I wanted to go see I am number four and he found this theater up here that actually has the like the seats that move with the camera. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's the camera swooped in. It goes your chair moves this way. I'm like, wow. That it was an, it was definitely an experience that uh, if you're not, if you're motion get motion sickness don't do it. But it, it was fun <laughs> for that one time. I was like, yeah, let's not do that again. But that was cool. That was cool. <laughs> but it's also like yeah. three bucks a ticket to go see that. So I'm just like, glad it was my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Um, 3D, 4D, whatever. How many days it called now? Um, we have at least I think one. Is it 4D? I don't know anymore. Uh, but we've got at least one of those in Victoria. Um, so it's nowhere near me, so I can't go to it. But, you know, it's you, the chair will move uh, in accordance with the film. If yeah. you, if there's something where it's like, oh, we're dropping through the sky, then it's like suddenly air blows at you or splashes water at you, all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a bit too much for me. Like, 3D is all good and well. I don't do 3D too much because it gives me a headache. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. like, if I want someone to blow at air at me or spray water at me, maybe I'll just go to the beach. I'm, I'm at the cinema. I want to be dry and left alone. Thank you very much. But if you are into that, I mean, absolutely go for it. But I don't think that's for me. I'd try it once, but I, that yeah. wouldn't be like something I want to do regularly. Yeah. 
try it once, and, but it kind of it kills this. I guess me watching a movie kills my sub uh, submersion. Is that the word? Submersion into the submer submersion into. I don't know. It kills. It takes me out of the movie when I have something different happen to me. Like if that get water mm. blowing on my face, I'm like, what? Oh, I'm in the theater. I'm not watching this movie. I'm not paying attention to it. Right. But, yeah. It'd be kind of interesting to do it once, but yeah, I wouldn't want to do that again. The uh, going I, back to. Oh, go ahead. No, I think I understand that. Yeah, going back to other movies that kind of had plot, uh, big old left open ended. Was there any other movies that you kind of can think of that did that that you really enjoyed that you would want to see to go back into that uh, that space? Uh, yeah, but I know for a fact that most of these films are really hated by people, so I know. That. <laughs> I'm kind of curious about this list now. Uh, okay, let's see. I've got Catwoman. Electra, okay. okay. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I, I'm intrigued uh, for that uh, one. Van Helsing. I would love uh, that one too. Dracula Untold. Yeah. Uh, and it's not really hated, but if they'd done a sequel to Tank Girl, I would totally have been there for it. Oh, yeah. I uh, remember watching Tank Girl on VHS. My somehow it's like we were at my dad had it or. He, one of his friends had it, and I was like, this movie is horrible. But, of course, I'm like a kid in the night. I, was like, I have no idea. Like, watching it today would probably be such a great experience now. But back then, I was like, mm. what's going on? I have no idea what's happening. But, yeah, the first two films, I'm not really interested in going back into the Catwoman or Electric world. But uh, the other ones, yeah, I would be – I like – those are all films that I really I had fun with. You know, you can, you can look at it. You can have fun with them, and you can look at it like maybe there's some things that – it aren't so great, but I, did I have fun with it? Yes, I did. So that, those ones would be interesting to see back again. Yeah, I think they're all fun. And um, Ben Helsing, I thought, was amazing. Considering I think it was that film that was meant to start the Dark Universe, and then they're like, well, it didn't do well, so we'll start again. I'm like, but it's such fun. Yeah. And I, I it, it, yeah. It, it gave a, a t completely different origin story to Van Helsing, to mm -hmm. Dracula, to all these characters. And I know that there are people who complain. They're like, well, that's not Dracula's story. That's I'm like, but we've seen these stories done to death, so why not change it up a bit? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't need to see, you know, the same Dracula over and over again who was a... A prince or a count or all that stuff who you know was a soldier and then now he's not which i mean don't get me wrong i i like i said i love dracula untold yeah. because it showed the human story kind of before the vampire part yeah. and then it kind of showed a, a little bit more of how that happened don't get me wrong because Bram Stoker's Dracula is like one of my favorite films of yeah. all time, yeah. but this was just a different take on that. And that, and I absolutely adore Luke Evans, so I will just watch him in anything. It's my but, life. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just I like when people do something different. I remember everybody getting really pissy. Well, they still get pissy and people need to get over Twilight and hating it so much. It made more money than you ever will in a lifetime. Move on. Um, I love it. I love it and people like, vampires don't do this. Vampires don't do this. I'm like, vampires aren't fucking real. They can do whatever they want. I, I like, that is true. 
And like people, so people on one hand, they get so angry that we're seeing the same things done over and over and over again. But the moment someone tries something different, they're like, but that's not, you know, this. So you can't do it. Well, which is it? Do you want people to change stuff or do you not? I personally, um, even if maybe I don't end up liking a film, if it takes a risk and tries something different, I immediately have an appreciation for it. Like I, um, like I, I did not like Dracula 2000 at all. Sorry, Jared Butler, but it, no, not a good oh, film. I told, okay, that's the, that, that's the Dracula movie. I totally forgot about that one. Okay. Wow. I, I don't think it's a good film at all, but they did something different. They actually when their story was based more on that people that actually do theorize that the uh, Dracula was Judas Iscariot. So um, oh, wow. you're actually doing something that is kind of mentioned in a lot of historical things uh, and um, theories. So I, as soon as I realized that I'm like, well, I still think the film was bad, but you did try something different. You did actually show you did a bit of research into Dracula as well. So I, for that reason, completely appreciate it. The yeah. sequels, however, do not have my appreciation and they can burn in hell. But that's another story altogether. <laughs> another story for another time. Um, so this funny thing is, is that uh, I, read, I read a tweet. I uh, kind of go back to what you said, like, if you to remake something, they you they'll complain that it didn't take risk, or if it or if it's or like for the Disney remakes, it it was too. It's not not like the '90s classic. They didn't take enough. Like that's a big thing with the Disney, like the Mulan movie. It was they tried to do something different, but they all they were complaining that it wasn't like the, the the animated film. But why are we making these like remakes? Similar things what you were saying, but the it's kind of funny when we're as a, a YouTuber, you you can like a film that gets completely trashed on, but it's like it doesn't matter. It's what I take out of the film. Uh, right. Is a, as a person who puts out their opinion on film, uh, how, how aggravating is this at times to, that that happens? It's so aggravating the yeah. fact that I get people, and this isn't a joke or an understatement getting death threats and rape threats because I like Jason X. Sorry if I found it meta and funny because yeah. it was. It was intentional. I don't yeah. like Jason Goes to Manhattan because they weren't actually trying to be funny. People yeah. like, this film is funny. I'm like, but they weren't trying to be. So yeah, that exactly. for me is just like, I don't like you then because for me that's a fail. Yeah. But I mean, but Jason X, I'm like, they did that on purpose. I'm like, they were basically making fun of themselves. Uh, you know, people are saying, you know, a lot of things that people bring up, and it's my favorite scene, is the fact that Jason is, you know, killing these holographic camp counselors in a sleeping bag. And it's funny. And people, and I know I had some people seen, uh, saying that that, because I get so much hate on my Friday the 13th ranking video. It's ridiculous. And one person was um, hating on me and anyone else who finds that scene funny saying that it's stupid. And then in the same breath, the film that they said that they loved the most that I gave a lower ranking for 
is actually the film where Jason first did that move. It didn't originate in Jason X. It originated in this other film. It wasn't a hologram. It wasn't a joke. It was person in sleeping bag. He bashes them against a tree. Bang, they're dead. And Jason X just took that and kind of did like a parody of it. But they're yeah, like, exactly. it's something he's already done. So the fact that I had someone hating on me for enjoying them parroting something and then they're like, but this film's the best. I'm like, but you just hated on something that's in that film. I, I'm not following your logic right now. I mean, I recently just had someone because I turned off um, likes. I mean, obviously you can still like and dislike a video that has them turned off, but you can't see the number or the icon. And I turned off the comments because after a year, I was really getting sick of yeah. that shit. And I'm like, you know what? I actually don't have to take this, so bye-bye. Yeah. Uh, um, but one person hated my ranking so much that they decided to go to my recent at-the-time video to leave me a string of hate and with the worst grammar ever. Uh <laughs> And he, he actually said the words, I hate you because you like Jason X and nobody likes Jason X. I'm like, I'm like, you don't know many people. Because yeah. do <laughs> no, no, like, I know plenty who do. Um, I know there are plenty of people who don't, but that's neither yeah. here nor there. It's like, he's like, you're the only person. I'm like, oh, really? You've, you've met all like 16 billion people on planet Earth. Have you? Okay even though I'm pretty sure many of those people don't even have TVs, but already there. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, he just kind of went on and on and on and on and on and on, just, you know, and calling on. me. Yep, saying that I'm stupid and he hates me and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? The only thing that he's done that's pissed me off is the harassing part because I've had worse insults. I'm like, your insults yeah. suck, but... I'm like, but the fact that you won't stop commenting is getting annoying. And then um, I was uh, very certain because around the same time that he was doing this, I started getting mass dislikes on all my other videos. And so I was very certain that it was him. And uh, that kind of just pisses me off. I don't care if you yeah. dislike my video because... You know, maybe I made a technical uh, faux pas. I said something that was inaccurate. Maybe my green screen was shit that day, which happens a lot. Maybe my audio was crackling. That happens a lot too. Um, you know, maybe it's something that I can fix or improve on. And if you dislike it for that reason, totally get it. Perfectly fine. Or I said something unintentionally offensive because that's also legit too. Like I will dislike someone's video if, um, you know, they turn out to be a racist prat. I will happily dislike you. Um, <laughs> but if you dislike me because I reviewed a film and you just disagree with me, that's not a point because mm. I never said I'm going to agree with you. I just yeah. said I'm going to review it and I did. And yeah. if you don't agree with me, that's not my problem. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's, it amazes me so much. And I, you know, I'm just starting to put like podcasts up, up on YouTube again. And but back when I was doing it a lot, it's, it's crazy. Like, am I always supposed to agree with what the 
the, whatever viewer because if I, if that's the case you're looking at the wrong person because there's so many people in the world that watches these videos I, there's mm -hmm. impossible to have the same exact like opinion on something hell my wife and i that's just two people could watch the same exact movie and get two different outcomes does that mean she's gonna hate me for well depending on movie i made her sit through maybe <laughs> <laughs> it could be what it is but at the same time, it's like you're not gonna get the same rating. You can look, ask, survey so many people, and you're, everybody's gonna have a different take. It, it's so ridiculous. These keyboard warriors trying to, or keyboard harassers who are acting all tough on a because they disagreed with a, a person's opinion. Don't watch the video then. What's the case? Goodbye. I don't need you as a, a person watching my stuff. Then if you don't like, if you don't like what I say, not a problem. That's just what my opinion is. It, it's ridiculous. And especially going this so far of just harassing you and you know death threats and all the other threats you get too that's uncalled for as well but then keep coming back it's like why are you still beating this drum obviously it's like it's it's i'm trying not to let it affect me just go away and uh, you know just go away what's the point yeah yeah some people really show that that not only are they just nasty people but they show that they're looking for something to be mad at. Yeah. They're looking for something to attack because sometimes they'll say something. I'm like, wow, you, I don't know how you, what mental gymnastics you had to do to get to where you're at right now, but I'm almost impressed by how stupid you are. Yeah. Um, like I did a ranking of all the exorcist films and this person commented going off at me because I did not properly explain the difference between two films. Like he said that yeah. while watching my video, he could not tell which film was which and he had to go and look up all the things I said and that therefore I was a terrible reviewer and I meant to explain these films. And I said, why did you come to a ranking video for a review for starters? I didn't yeah. say this in the review. It's not anywhere in the title. Yes, I do give brief reviews, but that's only to say why it's in that place, not whether or not I like it or whether or not you should watch it. And I pointed out, and I'm like, if the fact that I not only gave you two different movie posters, then told you two different directors who made them, gave you... Yes, they had the same plots, but that was really stupid. And then I give you a list of different things that happen in each film, basically telling you which one is which, and you still at the end of that can't tell the fucking difference. That's your dumbass fault, not mine. I'm spoon feeding you all the information you need to understand why. The, what's the difference, and you still can't figure it out. That's on you, bro. <laughs> that's I, I not, mean, that's I'm. Stupid. I, I mean, the fact that I say, well, one of them, I'm like, um, I don't even remember how many, like, what is it, like five? And I'm like, yeah, this is the fourth film in the series. This is the fifth film in this series. I'm like, did that not help you? <laughs> I, I told you which order they're in. But, I mean, okay, I, I did another film, and I get a lot of views on this review because people have watched it, and to this day, Nobody can understand um, the ending on it. We're all baffled. We all theorize, but we've all got no answers. Yeah. And I've had numerous people reply, uh, leave comments and going, 
you didn't explain anything that happened in that film. And I'm like, A, nobody can. B, not my job. It's a review, not an ending explained video, which I don't which I don't think exists because every because this video is at like the 23,000 views and all the comments of people going, yeah, I have no idea what happened at the end. And I'm like, me too. Wait, we're all the same boat. It was shit. But <laughs> the fact that I'm getting yelled at because you didn't understand the film, like, but neither did I. I oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'm like, go take this up with the director, not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't help write this. So now I didn't write this film. I'm just writing my review. Jeez Louise. Gotta, gotta love the YouTube comments section. Uh, that's not the only, like, you're here seeing a lot of horror franchise, but I've talked to other people on, during these, like, sit-down conversations. Like, Rachel Wagner was one that got several death threats from DC fans. Mm -hmm. And then Cody Leach is another one that has gotten a lot of hate from his Halloween ranking because he kind of didn't really... I think he rated Halloween 2018 a little lower compared to other ones, other people. And uh, and he just shared his honest opinions. But all of a sudden, like everybody who loved that film, which is I, we both said we both liked that one, mm -hmm. went after him. And it's like, dude, just knock it off. Like, it's ridiculous. These, these big franchises, Star Wars is another one that uh, whenever I did my ranking a while back, it's another one. Didn't like The Last Jedi? Didn't like Rogue One? Well, screw you for now i'm like oh my gosh and but if i put it higher you like those movies screw you it's like what what am i supposed to do then like it's i just i just you have to sit there and laugh as best or at least the best you can anyway well you can't I, win there is no there's it's humanly impossible to win and mm -hmm. the fact that people want to attack you over opinions because you don't agree with them yeah or people who have, have gone to the lengths um, with me where they couldn't harass me on uh, YouTube anymore. So they would actually come and harass me on Twitter or they've actually tagged a bunch of their friends and told them to go over to my YouTube channel to harass me. And I'm just like, you dickheads know I can block you, right? Like, <laughs> I'm like, not to mention, I'm like, if I don't like a film, yeah. And I make a review of it. I'm like, there, I talked about it. The end. Because if I don't like about it, I'm not going to waste my time talking about it. I would much rather talk about the films that I do like. Absolutely. Because they're the ones that I want to keep going back to. But all these people, I don't understand why they can't just be happy liking what they like. Why do you have to dedicate a year two years more less whatever to harassing someone because they had a different opinion to you instead of spending that time just enjoying the show or film that you claim to enjoy yeah i'm not gonna waste my time doing that i like the star wars prequels i know a lot of people don't Do I, am i gonna go around bitching oh my god a couple of everybody no, I'm not. I just happily go and watch them myself and mind my own fucking business. Or if anybody else with anything else, you know, it's like, well, oh, you love those films? Those films are crap. I'm like, I don't care. I'm sitting here having a good time and you're on the internet wasting your time bitching about stuff that is not going to do anything for you. I'm yeah. fine. I'm happy. You're 
sad and pathetic. Get a life. Yeah, yeah you're just a little crab. They go away. Jeez, you're a little crabby. Uh, the well, that's a lot of negative co YouTube conversation. That's uh, what are what are some of the big things that when you're coming to YouTube and uh, post? What's some of the really things that you really enjoy about the YouTube space and sharing your thoughts on film or TV? I love when I end up coming across people who are sane and I can end up having a really good dialogue with them. Yeah. Like even if we have completely polar opposite opinions, we can talk about why we like it, why we dislike it. And you're willing to hear the other person. And at times you're going to end up learning something about the film that you didn't know before, or mm -hmm. you're going to, see it in a different way and it becomes very interesting and fascinating and kind of when you if you're capable if you can <laughs> see things from another person's perspective it's almost like seeing the film again for the first time yeah. because you're suddenly seeing it in this whole other way that you didn't before and you're like oh never thought of that it's like yeah. you still gotta keep your opinion but you just for this moment kind of get to live out something different and i also get to have these uh kind of emotional conversations with people where they will tell me like and i'm very open about my emotions like uh something that maybe brings back an old memory or something yeah. very personal to me and someone will say you know you know maybe this is the last film that they watched with a, a relative who passed away or something that they bonded with someone very special to them yeah. so they're like even if maybe it's not the greatest film they're like but it means a lot to me for that very reason i love hearing those kind of stories and they're very touching and it's why i like films because despite the idiots of the world i think that films really do bring people together if you have the decency and frame of mind to allow that to happen but um it's great and then sometimes you know i get to make a video and i get to kind of educate people on something that they otherwise didn't know about and i feel really good about that i'm like i feel like i contributed to society in a small yeah, way your prom your prom video by the way that most recent video that you did that was that made me first of all want to watch the movie because I hadn't watched it. I'd been on my watch list, but then just seeing all like the different things, and now I'm gonna go watch it and see all those different colors that I probably wouldn't honestly. I probably wouldn't have picked up on this on on that that information, but I'm like now I'm excited for that. And by the way, I'll link that video in the description box. <laughs> so I may have to make sure I make sure I write that down so I don't forget it. But make sure I link that. Because that's it's an awesome video, especially if you like that uh, Netflix film. So, a great work on that. Because that was a lot. I was just like, watch. I was like, wow. Oh my god! And they're showing like images up from it too. I'm like, that is crazy. I definitely would not get seen that. So, it it was weird, and I'm I have no way of verifying if anything that I saw is legit. And like I said, maybe I'm just seeing what I want to see. But the coincidences are uncanny, even. Yeah. That is the case. I mean, guaranteed, yeah, for those scenes, a lot of those colors just look really nice on screen. So that's probably all that it is. But the fact that as I'm watching it and the fact that I just kind of in my head naturally have a lot of these LGBTQ plus flags <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, as soon as I'm noticing things and I'm like, I'm kind of noticing all the 
you know, colors of the pride flag. Like everybody seems to like be wearing one color each at a time of, and like, and then I'm going along and I'm noticing other things. I'm like, could have sworn I know a flag that I'm like, isn't that the bisexual flag? Like exactly. And going, like, and then I'm like, okay, maybe I could do a video on that. And then I was going through and taking snapshots. And as I'm actually going through, I'm noticing even more. And I'm like, again, am I seeing what I want to see or is this actually real? And I'm like, who cares? It makes for a fun video. I'm going with it. Yeah. I'm like, it, it's content and it's something that you enjoyed making too. That's fun to talk about. That's the fun thing about like, the way movies, how you see film too. That's, I, I thought it was super fascinating. And I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, you know, enough. I don't know if I would, like I said, like, again, I'm not sure if I would have saw that the first time, but now I'm going to go look at it and just pick up all these different things because you, you made a video about it. So that's pretty awesome. Yay. Yeah. Uh, so when you're making all these kind, I, I don't want to take too much of your time because I'm already almost up, we're getting up there, but I want to ask two more questions for you. I'm uh, fine. I'm, I'm all good. Okay, no problem. Uh, so, as you're joining the uh, YouTube space, has there been a specific like video that you're like the most proud of, and what has been the most the, the kind of a video that's been really hard to make, but you also find great great pride in making it? Uh, I love that question because for me, uh, at the moment, my favorite videos to make that I feel like really proud about are my story behind videos. Mm. Um, where I look at the true stories that inspired certain films to be made. I've done, so far, I've done um, the real story behind Winchester. And in that, I actually got to, um, by telling the real story, I got to not only debunk everything that they addressed in the film, which did not happen, and then they called a true story. Yeah. Um, but I also got to, you know, uh, debunk a lot of myths that have just been kind of going around before the film ever existed where they're like, yeah, the Winchester is the most haunted house in America. And I'm like, no, actually it's not that got debunked a long time ago. It's not haunted at all. Um, um, so that I was that was the first one I did and I was so proud about that. And then I did the real, the true story behind Annabelle um because i actually was a fan of for following the career of um ed and lorraine warren so mm-hmm. i have bit books where they talked about the annabelle case and i thought it was really fascinating um so like the the little like prequel parts in the conjuring that part was accurate but the actual annabelle films <laughs> held no basis in reality they're all just absolute fiction yeah. um and not that great <laughs> I said it. Um, and then I, I did. I enjoyed Annabelle Creation, but yeah, Annabelle Creation was better than Annabelle. Like yeah. I praise a lot, a lot. David F. Sandberg for trying to write the ship, um, True. but the ship had already hit the iceberg, and we are slowly sinking. So <laughs> yeah. we'll see how Conjuring Three goes this next year. <laughs> we'll see. Fingers crossed, because I love the Conjuring films, but. Yeah. Um, after that, I did the true story behind uh, the character of Hannibal Lecter. So the actual person that um, uh, Hannibal Lecter is kind of inspired by and yeah. based off of, which was that uh, that involved the most research because I actually mm-hmm. had to go and dive into really old um, Mexican newspaper articles. And then I had to go and contact people I knew who spoke Spanish. I'm like, 
can you translate these things for me, please? Um, because I wanted to get my facts as accurate as I could because there were a lot of um, different things that were written about it and each one contradicted the other, including like one online newspaper where they, threw, they wrote three articles about the same case in the span of three days and every single one had a different story. And I'm like, wow, your editors suck. Um, uh, and then I did the true story behind the entity. Uh, that was interesting as well. And the most recent one I did was the true story behind um, the film Scream and how Scream was inspired by a real life serial killer. Uh, so, and I actually thought that was common knowledge. I thought everybody knew that, but everybody was in my comments going, oh my God, I had no idea this was based on a real person. I'm like, oh, well, yay. Like, yeah. yeah, I educated you, but sorry, I kind of depressed you about this film now. Yeah, you really are the movie Oracle. Yeah, well, <laughs> sure. yeah, 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 And uh, was there a, well, you actually just answered you, the hard, difficult one to make that you're really proud of. That was the uh, the Hannibal Lecter one, I would take it. Yeah, that's that, that was cool. I, I didn't even know that you had, that's all that research to do those. That made me want to go back and rewatch some of them too. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's why I don't do them too often because I do have to like stop and do a lot of research and then I have to, it's not just like go to one website, like go to Wikipedia, copy what they say. Wikipedia is not always correct and I want to get as many details as I can. So I have to go to several different sites, dive into newspaper archives and then I have to try to compare them all to each other to try to find that nugget of truth that is strung yeah. together. Because if there's too many contradictions, I don't want to include the contradictions because I don't want to say anything that I'm, could possibly be false. Or if so, I will have to, you know, do the old reporter trick of saying allegedly. Because um, <laughs> I don't have the exact proof. I was not there. I did not experience this. Um, but... Yeah, I love making those videos. They don't uh, they don't really do that well, which bums me out because I work so hard on them. Yeah. But nevertheless, I, I they're the ones that once I make them, I have that sense of accomplishment. I'm like, I feel like I actually did something and I feel like my high school English teachers would be so proud of me. <laughs> and stuff like that. Unlike um, you know, my most viewed video is uh my top 10 emotional one piece moments which i i love how well it's done and i love the people who comment going i just cried for 30 minutes and i'm like yes (sighs) because it is emotional and we're all gonna cry and if you don't you have no heart but um not only is that video not monetized i got so many strikes trying to put that video up and Mm -hmm. trying to combat that and ultimately it's not the only part of that video i have any like real pride in is the fact that i was able to give um right on the screen a backstory for each scene that i'm showing um trying to break down hundreds and hundreds of emotional episodes into a paragraph that is a challenge and i think i did a damn good job so at that i'm like Bloody hell, I was good. But the rest is I'm just showing a clip from the show. Yeah. And that doesn't take any creativity. But 
has a shit ton of views, so I will take it. Thank you I'll very much. I'll take it. Thank you for the exposure. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, my last question for you, at least for this time, the 2021, right around the corner, what are some of your goals looking um, at your YouTube channel or your like film criticism goals for the upcoming year? Um, I... I would like to try and be more active with my reviews. I really slacked off this year and the pile of movies that I tended to watch and review have um, gotten staggeringly high. Um, and I'm just like, oh, crap. Now it's kind of daunting to have to watch all of these and then review mm -hmm. them. And I feel exhausted already. But I, I definitely um, want to try and do more of that. Um, I really was trying to also uh, focus on uh, growing my Patreon because there are things that I do on my Patreon that I, I don't do on my channel and um, they're, they're always uh, fun for me. But um, yeah, I'm just, growth is important to me. It's not about, you know, how many likes you get, how many um, views I get, because if I get views and kind of no interactions it doesn't feel like i did anything yeah like I, I like being able to interact with people and have those conversations and dialogues and when i don't get them and i'm like you know it's like that old proverb you know like if a tree falls in the forest does it make a sound if nobody is there it's like yeah. kind of like that like how i feel about youtube i mean and trying to combat the the constant changes in youtube policy that yeah getting harder and harder for all of us. Um, yet never seems to get harder for the big YouTubers. Never, never, never happens. Never. Yeah, I'm a, I kind of forgot uh, after taking time off and coming back now putting stuff out sporadic. I'm like, this is tough. <laughs> I was like, I forgot like, like it, like, man, this is like, ah, uh, this is challenging and frustrating at times too, but it's like, well, it's out there now, so we'll do what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I I want to I try and get into doing more uh, live videos um, because that means, again, that right there I get to interact with people. But my only concerns is, A, I get really nervous when I have to do anything live. Like, the anxiety kicks in uh, as opposed to doing a camera where I can edit it and all my fuck-ups are gone and I'm perfectly fine. Uh, but also I'm concerned with my technology, but you know, if that wasn't a thing, I would definitely, if I didn't have those concerns, I would be doing a lot more, uh, live videos. Cause I have like all the bits and pieces that I want to include. Mm -hmm. And I think that I can have fun with it, but, um, yeah, just trying to get past technical issues and <laughs> confidence issues. Um, yeah, those are my two little hurdles that I have to get past. Well, I guess it's a bad time to say that we were live today. So no, I'm just kidding. We weren't live. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were, I, you were so confident. You were great. <laughs> it's easier when you're like talking to somebody else, but when oh, you're yeah. just by yourself and you have to lead the whole thing. Oh, yeah, and also what makes it really awkward is when you have, um, it's whenever you're live, there is a lag between when you get someone's message versus when you said what yeah. they're responding yeah. to. So that moment where you're like waiting for the comments to come in and you're just kind of sitting there silent, looking like an idiot. I'm like, I don't like those. 
those. I don't like those at all. But if you're like talking to someone else, there's like never really any dead air. And so yeah, that's sure. okay. Um, there was actually a project I had originally planned to start this year. And the first thing was going to be on YouTube. And then the rest, it was going to be um, a Patreon series. But um, I didn't have the necessary uh, tech Mm -hmm. to do what I really wanted to do. So I've kind of had to go with the kind of less impressive version, but the I still intend to at least do the original video and I've started filming it. I've posted little snippets online. I've shown a couple friends um, and a couple friends who are directors and I'm like, this is what I've done. Do you like this? And I've gotten good feedback so far. So I'm hoping when I put that little project out onto YouTube, people will like it because um, I, I wanted to do something different. And B, I just wanted to show that I have a couple extra skills aside from just sitting in front of a camera and talking. Um, I wanted to show that I could do just a little bit more than that. Um, I would have liked to have shown one of my other talents in that video, but alas, like I said, I, I don't have the tech equipment to allow myself to do that. God damn it. Damn it. Oh, well. Well, hopefully in the near future, we'll be able to do that as well. So, but that sounds, that sounds like a lot of cool stuff coming. Fingers crossed. Anyway, yeah. guys, we're going to, we'll wrap it up for this time, but I definitely think that maybe a showgirls like, a first time watch episode with Ashley should be a that should be a fun kind that'd be that'd be fun dive in at that right. maybe it, something else too it's something else anyway without, Bring it on. Uh, yeah with that said Ashley one last time where can we find you on YouTube and social media you can find me the movie oracle on YouTube Twitter Facebook Instagram and Tumblr yo anyway guys thank you so much for being a part of this episode until next time my name is Adam and we'll see you later